I'm Judy Carter, and this is the Power of Purpose podcast, where we explore how to live a purposeful life and how creative people like yourself can make a living doing what you love. The woman sitting right here on my couch next to me has certainly done this. Vicki Shaw. Yay. <laughs> Vicki Shaw. Oh, do we have stories for you. Decades. Right? Decades. Decades. It is. Oh, this is going to be uh, something, this podcast. And and I think you're going to get out of it, if you're especially if you're a stand-up comic like Vicki, who discovered who she really was, decided to live her life authentically, and ended up being such a stand-up star. I just saw her, the uh, uh, LGBT. I always... Uh, I know, it's <laughs> I a lot of letters. Like, Tons lot of letters. DQ, uh, L, okay. <laughs> BTL, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> um, um, performing for a uh, sold-out audience, and you were fantastic. Thank you. Do you know what much. I loved about you? What? And I haven't seen you in such oh, a years. long time, years, years, years. is... Oh my God, Vicky got nasty. <laughs> <laughs> when I met you, um, this was 28 years ago, maybe, and it was you, you're from, you're in Texas. Texas, yeah. Uh, you had a Republican bumper sticker I on. I did. I did. Something about Bush. What yes, was and don't blame me, me. I voted for Bush. Who was president at the time? Clinton. Oh, Clinton was yes. president. Yes, yeah, that's boy. How long ago. Yeah, and you blonde hair. Uh huh. Um, yep. And Southern, Southern, Southern Baptist, even better. Oh my gosh, Southern Baptist, oh, stay-at-home mom, three <laughs> kids, right? And married, married to a man, which to a, is disgusting. Well, uh, <laughs> okay. Spoiler <laughs> alert! <laughs> spoiler alert! Vicky is one of the premier lesbian comics who's playing Olivia Cruz's. Events, pride events all over um, the U.S. And have you done international as well? Not international. I've gone. Have you been to Canada? I have been. Okay, well, you're have. an international, international. comic, Vicky. You're right. I have. <laughs> Don't undercut I've, yourself. No, I did. I have been to Canada several times. So yeah, mm -hmm. I have. Right. I forget. <laughs> and so in this podcast, you're going to learn about someone having uh, the courage of her convictions, um, overcoming a lot of fear. And actually uh, basing a successful career on it. So when you listen to this podcast, especially you stand-up comics, um, I want you to be thinking, um, <laughs> you don't yes, you have to be gay to listen to this podcast. No, that's not necessarily, <laughs> or at the end of the podcast, you will you be, might gay. be gay. Yeah. You might be gay. Uh -huh. But I really want that's you to- happens. Well, I want you to think about what is your niche? And what is that niche? And it's not something you do in your head. It's something that is so important to you and a part of you and something you believe in. So where do we start start this story, Vicki? Wow. <laughs> well, I, what, okay. I really was. It was completely stay-at-home mom, Southern Baptist, Republican Women's Club, handbell ringer, children's choir director, PTA, Oh, all of it. And I did because that was, I was taught that that's, if I do all these things like I'm supposed to do, I'm going to be happy. And I did all the things that I was told that would make me happy. And one day I wasn't happy. I, I remember mm -hmm. um, at that time you were having uh, 
a physical oh, yeah. illness. You, As I recall, mm-hmm. you told me that you found yourself paralyzed mm-hmm. and not able numb. to get out of bed, totally numb. Mm-hmm. What was what was that no, all about? No, what it was, when they never did know what it was, and we obviously think it had to do with, you know, emotional issues, but my body started going numb, and it was like, and my feet and my hands first, they were the first, and they went numb, and then they were on fire, but you couldn't see anything, and it, I couldn't walk, I couldn't touch anything, and then my body slowly began to um, go numb, and then... One day, we're now months into this, and one day, suddenly my mouth was numb. Uh, My tongue, my lips, everything. It was as if I'd gone to the dentist, and I all of a sudden went, oh, my God, it's now in my mouth, and I love to talk, so I'm like, this is bad. So I went, and they never did find out, and they said, we've got to do an autopsy. I mean, autopsy. We've got to do a (laughs) biopsy. You know, that's an interesting slip, I have to say, (laughs) because it was like, in a certain way, you were dead inside. Right, right. Right? And the doctors at the moment was going, we don't know what's wrong with you. Uh, You may have your major organs may, may be failing. And I'm going, I could be dying. And then that's when it hit me. I could be dying and I've never lived. And so. Wow. Yes. Wow. That, that, that is Eureka moment. Now, mm-hmm. what about comedy? Cause where I met you, where yeah. our lives intersected was a fabulous teacher. Um, uh, two teachers in Houston, uh, Sam Cox mm-hmm. and Dean Lewis. Right. And, um, and it was Houston, and mm-hmm. I was teaching a comedy class then, right. and you were in it, and right. you were super funny back then. How does this church lady be so friggin' funny? I mean, well, what happened was it was before, just before you, before we met, I had, a, all my friends my entire life were always telling me, you should do stand-up comedy, you're funny. You should do stand-up comedy. Now, in that moment, I told you, I've never lived, yada, yada. Well, I'm sitting there literally praying, and going, God, what's my purpose? What what am I supposed to be doing? You know, praying, however you, whatever that is, there is, I believe in a higher power. I believe in spirituality. And it was like, what am I supposed to be doing? And somebody go, you should just stand up comedy. And I'd be going, God, just give me a sign. You should just stand up comedy. Just something small. I just need something small. No, you should just stand up comedy. And, and it was like, finally... And the weird, now this is weird, and you'll think it's weird, and, and, and I even think it's weird. I had the kids, we were at the mall, we were doing school shopping, and we're walking along doing the mall thing, the mom thing, and walking along, and a man came up behind me, I, and I'm not lying, and this man walks up to me and says, you should do stand-up comedy. And I went, and I, in my head I went, what a bizarre thing to say. It was and a I, stranger? It was a stranger, but here's what happened. A stranger came up, said, you should stamp comedy. I turned around to see who it was, and there was no one there. <gasps> I got goosebumps. I know. It's weird. Oh, I got goosebumps. Yes. Yes, I'm serious. And I'm like, oh, God, maybe I should do stamp comedy. You know, what do you got to do? Hit me over the head. <laughs> so I started going to open mic, and it wasn't about a career. It wasn't even about that. It was about I needed to get in touch with something there, you know, that I, I, and I'd always wanted to be, I always admired stand-up comics. I thought they were genius. I'm not a stand-up comic. I, I don't do that. And what so, year is this? Let's give a okay, reference. Okay, yeah, 98-ish. 97-ish, 90, around there. 97, okay, great. And um, 
And so I started going to open mic. And it was it was kind of like, oh, my gosh, I'm creative. This is just me. I'm not someone's wife. I'm not someone's mom. I'm just me. And it's me and a mic and a stage and seven drunk people and a bunch of comics in the back of the club. Right? That's what open mic is. And so, but I began to do that. And then I found out you were doing this. Uh, and that's when I started to learn about the art of comedy. And I wanted to learn it. And then I came to your, uh, that weekend, your what is it? Uh, your workshop. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you were going to do a show at the very end of it. Now let's, let's take a, a break at, at, at this point, because this is where our stories intersect. Right. All right. Mm -hmm. I was, um, I was 1980 at this time, 1990, let's 90s. see. It was 90, 90s. 1990. Mm -hmm. Okay. 1990. Mm -hmm. And I was extremely depressed. I was going through, um, something similar in a way where, uh, I was wake, not totally numb, but waking up like, could somebody shoot me? Mm -hmm. I don't want to feel this anymore. I didn't know what it was. It was really uncomfortable. And um, I was living with a woman and her son, and they had gone up to this big thing called Quest, where they really confront you, and you do all these exercises, and um, and you have this peak experience, and they said, oh, you should do it, you, you really like it. So I went up there myself going like, well, all my decisions have led me to being really depressed, so none of my decisions and choices in life seem to be working for me. Um, I'm open to <laughs> doing anything else to get out of this depression. And there I was, I found acceptance, and this is who I am, and, and there's no reason to hide who you are anymore. And at this, at that moment, I made a commitment to myself, and I said, the next person who calls me to do a gig, a stand-up gig, I'm going to come out on stage. No matter where it is, I've never done anything like this, I've never publicly talked about being gay, but wherever it is, I'm going to just include jokes about being gay in my set. Okay. Well, I get a call um, um, to do a workshop in, in, in Houston. Was it Houston? Houston. Or Houston. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And part of it is we want you to perform at the Addison uh, Improv. No, it was, was the... That, uh, it was a kicker it wasn't like oh yeah no it was the <laughs> laugh spot so the laugh spot the laugh spot yeah all i know is that it was a shit kicker it was like oh no mm -hmm. i mean it's not couldn't have been san francisco no, i got no, a gig uh -uh, no new york the, city the burbs of houston <laughs> it was the burbs of houston houston texas i went oh shit. well anyway i teach the class that's when we meet you I met and the whole time I have total anxiety because I know that night mm -hmm. for the first time in my life I'm going to come out and I I remember that moment for the rest of my life because I remember going okay I had a little set list and I picked it up and I said all right I talked about politics I did some self-deprecating material I talked about being gay right right and they went no <laughs> <laughs> no you didn't <laughs> and 
then I went, oh, well. And then I don't remember what my, my jokes were at the time. I remember one. What was one I did? One was your grandmother said... Oh. Are you a homosexual? Oh, right. Remember that? I just made yeah, that I, I think I think the joke was um, my parents, my grandmother knew before I did because one Thanksgiving she said, "Savat Judy, are you homosexual?" I didn't even know what that was. <laughs> you know, was that something you got at a furniture store? Does that <laughs> ottoman come with a homosexual? <laughs> I loved that joke. Who knew in my life I would end up with a homosexual and they aren't lovely to sit on. <laughs> anyway, but a boom, but a bing. Well, I'll never forget after that gig, um, this preacher comes backstage with a cowboy oh. hat, yeah. and cowboy boots. At the club. At the club. He comes backstage and goes, and he says to me, You know what? I don't care who hates you. I don't care if people tell me tell you're going to go to hell. I love you. And he hugs me. Oh my gosh. A preacher going, cool. I'm a preacher. And and we have to understand these times times were very different. Mm -hmm. Oh right? gosh, yes. yes. They were they were there was no like, you know, mm -hmm. gay marriage and oh, everybody no. is gay and mm -mm. no gay pride mm -mm. and people were being arrested and it was it was ugly times. Anyway, so I had to, um, and I was shaking after that show, and I was going like, oh, my God. And then something, we, I came back to class the next day, because I think it was a two-day class. And then you said, well, why don't we go shopping together? Mm -hmm. And I go, huh? Why does this very frilly, very feminine Republican, and dressed with lacy shit, Want to hang with me and go shopping? Well, I'll tell you why. Because um, I know and what happened was we had something that evening. And this club is on the complete other side of Houston. And I knew you were there by yourself, you know, with nothing to do. So I was like, why don't we go shopping? I got to come all the way over anyway. So I'll come over early. And, you know, we'll ride around. So that's how we get in my minivan with the bumper sticker of George Bush. And we're riding around and, uh, you know, now, in the course of that day, that's when you talked about being gay and you talked about, uh, you know, your whole life. And you started telling me kind of like the story of your life. And literally in that car, as you were talking, my brain exploded and I went, she's talking about me. Oh, my God. Yeah, You're talking about me. That's me. You're me. And and I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then it was that yeah, night. Like, I... I'm you. Yes, you were this, talking about this your Jew. this Jew <laughs> and this Southern Baptist, this progressive <laughs> Democrat, yes. and this conservative church-going Republican, right. and you're going. I'm you. Yes. You, How does that work? Well, it was you were talking about your life growing up and being gay, and as you talked about it, I was going, "That's me." She's talking about me. Oh, you mean the hiding part? Yes. Yes. Ah, yes, I and see. the hiding, and then you came out on stage, and I'm like, oh, and <laughs> this is so long ago, email had just started, <laughs> and um, yes, everybody before then, we used smoke signals, <laughs> that's was. how long it goes, and I had just gotten my own little computer, and I had an email, and you were literally the only gay person I knew, that I knew of, and I wrote you after that. That's when I wrote. I went, oh, my God, I think I'm gay. And you were like, it's okay. And 
And you're the one that said, you need to go downtown to Houston to the gay part of town. There's a lesbian bookstore. You need to get into that <laughs> lesbian bookstore, the Inklings. And you know who owned Inklings? Anise Parker, who became the mayor of Houston. <gasps> and she owned that. And I saw her on an Olivia Cruz some, a few years ago. That And I told her, I said, your store saved me. And it was, I walked in and her partner, Pokey, Anderson, she says, I walked up to the, you know, checkout and I just started crying. I went, I think I'm a lesbian and I don't know what to do about it. <laughs> and they gave me books. They showed me what to do. I got a therapist because you said I needed to get well, a Well, yeah, therapist. we talked about that. And I said, you need a therapist. And you went, well, I can't get a Christian therapist mm -mm. because they, they'll, they'll try to fix me. They'll try and fix you, yeah. right? And uh, and and you had to hide the books. As I had, I yes, I did. I hid the books. I had to hide them from my husband, and um and I'm like I'm I'm a lesbian, but I, there was no woman. It wasn't like a lot of women do, where they meet someone and go, oh my gosh, and then they go, oh, I think I must be. I, there was not a woman. I didn't have a woman. I just knew this is who I've been my whole life, and. What do I do now? I'm married with three kids, Southern Baptist. What do I do? So I started going to a therapist and that's the whole, and then that was a lot of the painful part was one coming, coming out to myself was painful because in my subconscious and all those years of being Southern Baptist, who I was, was not okay. And I was never going to be okay. And I knew if I came out, I could lose my kids. And that was a real possibility in Texas at the time. And it was like, and uh, my marriage, uh, I was a stay-at-home mom. I didn't even have a job. And it was like, uh, okay. So I'm going through all that. And two things happened, two important things. One was... Um, my mom and dad found out I had told, I had told my husband that I Did, think now, didn't, didn't he catch you or found the, find the books or he found under the, books. the books. Yeah. He found the books. What was, do you remember what they were? The books? Oh, uh, no, not really. It was a lot of coming out books, a yeah. lot of gay centered books about, uh, and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, optimistic books about you're okay. You know, being gay is okay. But, and I needed to read them. And one of the great books that I, and I still buy the book and give it to people who are going through this as well. One was called Holy Homosexuals, written by, um, uh, well, he was the one of the first ministers of the MCC Church, which is the uh, gay and lesbian affirming church that started way back then. And it was a book about what the scriptures really say about being oh. gay. And it was very, it, it was very life changing for me for that book. But in the course of that, yes, he found out. Yes, uh, you know, well, so he he outs me to my parents. Your my husband, my husband outs me to my calls parents. up your parents mm -hmm. and says something's wrong with Vicky. Yeah, something's wrong with Vicky. And uh, so my mom and dad, they said, okay, we'll pay for a psychiatrist, and you know, we just need to get her fixed, and we'll go through the church and find someone. Well, there was a actual psychiatrist in Houston that I said, Hey, if you're paying for it, I'll go. Why not? I mean, if they can fix me, I'm, I'm more than glad to have them fix me. You know, I don't have a problem with that. 
So I go to the psychiatrist. Now, also at the psychiatrist, there was also that undercurrent of, I don't want to tell you too much because they could use what you say against me in court. Against, you know, so in I a would custody lose, to take in away a custody your children. To take the kids. So as I walked in, she literally went, I want you to know right off the bat, even though your parents are paying for this, what you say to me will never leave this room. They cannot use it against you. They can't call me to, a, to be a witness at all. So you're, and I went, okay. So then I tell her, I'm sitting there just pouring my guts out, you know, for the whole hour. And this was the, this was the, this was when everything changed. The woman looked at me and she said, she goes, you know what? What you're going through right now is very difficult and very stressful. And I have to tell you that you're handling it very well. You don't have a problem. They have the problem. You're completely okay. I'm going to cry. <laughs> you know, it's so amazing how we could find, you know, when, our, when, when we're on the path to our purpose in life and we find these people, mm-hmm. you know, who just are heroes in our life, who just give us what that we thing need. we need, that mm-hmm. imaginary man behind you. You should right. stand up. This, and also it was okay. like the whole thing about the God thing and that God doesn't love me anymore. Mm. And it was like... In the course of all of that therapy, I realized I'd been a lesbian since I was three. I mean, literally, since I was three. And it was in it that was moment. those um, infant Doc Martens that mm-hmm. you were wearing. Yeah. There, you there you all go. There you go. All right. <laughs> and, and it was like, well, one, that psychiatrist says, you're fine. And in my mind, I went, if God made me perfectly, which the scriptures say, then... He made, or she, it, God, made me a lesbian. Because three-year-olds don't make a choice about being gay or lesbian. They just are. And if that's true, then I am perfect. I'm perfectly made. And it was in that moment. It wasn't my parents. It wasn't my husband. It was God that I went, I'm fine. I am fine. Wow. And, and I know you had enormous amount of incredibly difficult drama. Oh God. Yes. With, with what you had to handle. So that would support you because didn't they try and do an exorcism on you? No, but they wanted to send me to one of those places where they, oh, change you. And I went, I don't want to go to that. I'm not going to go to that. I'm not, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm not broken, you know? And it was, if I hadn't had that of that, those experiences of going, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me. I am perfect right now. If I didn't have that, I probably wouldn't have that ability to go, no, no, I'm not doing that. And, um, and I was going somewhere with it. Oh no. Okay. So, so here is your other, this is, was your other contribution. Uh So now I am, I'm feeling I'm, I'm, you know, uh, I'm, I'm okay. And you called and you said, okay, Vicki, I want you to come to my, uh, I'm having another, uh, workshop at Big Bear. Oh, that's and, right. Yes. You came to, I used I came to have a big bear. workshop and you said, okay, I want you to come out and for the weekend at Big Bear and you're, you can be a volunteer and you can help with the conference. And then I want you to stay for a week 
and then you can showcase at the clubs here in LA. And then that next weekend is Gay Pride LA. And I want you to go. And I went. I said all of that? Yes. So I came out. I did your conference. I stayed with you that whole week. That's how probably I remember everything. And um, and at the, so we were out and I did, I did showcases all over. And one of your comics. Um, Amy. Amy. Also. Amy. That's mm-hmm. right. Okay. And so. You, you were friends with her. Well, I met her that week. And, um, and so that Friday was the first a gay pride and it was a big girl bar. Was it girl bar? I, it I was don't a remember, dance, but it's West dance. Hollywood. West Hollywood. It, the, the largest oh, yeah. gay, gay pride, pride in oh, the world. Oh, my God. So <laughs> I go, and I'm dancing at this women thing, and I see all of these women, and they're gorgeous. And I'm going, oh, my God. And I have on a jean jacket with <laughs> with doilies on it, and uh, <laughs> I so don't fit in. And so I'm, and, But I'm dancing, and... Women are flirting with me. I've never had a woman flirt with me. And I'm like on fire. And then that night after that, um, Amy, I said, is that when it was? Anyway, she says, can you take me to, I had your car. She can take I me let to, you use my yeah, car you did, too? You did. And you had a minivan. Do you remember? Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, you, so She's, I said, show me how to get to I-10 because I got to get to Judy's. And she did, and she stopped in, you know, her, in front of me, and she came around, and she goes, you're just going to turn here, and I'll take you straight to I-10. And then she reached in and grabbed me by the neck and kissed me. And I thought I would die. die. <laughs> I mean, I melted into a puddle. And then the next day was Gay Pride, running around, running around, and I'm still on fire, and there's all this gay and Gay men and lesbians and rainbows and ah, there was like thousands of people and I'm going, holy crap! My first gay experience is Gay Pride LA. Is that the biggest thing? I mean, could you slam me over the head any bigger? And I'm like, ah! And then we kept flirting. And then later that night, she said, "Would you like to come to my apartment?" I don't think you came back. That's what I remember. No, I did come sta- back. Oh, you did come back. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't think I spent the night. But anyway, oh, no, yeah, and and it was like, oh, and it, she was wonderful because she knew you had told her my story, so she knew what was going on with me. And she goes, "Are you okay? Yeah, I'm. I'm fine." And then it go, "Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine." And I kept waiting for like a slam over the head, going, "No, no, don't do that. No, that didn't happen at all." And then, and I always tell people this story. I said, "Honest to God." When it was all over, it was beautiful. It was perfect. It was natural. It was not anything negative or anything. It was perfect. And my very first thought is when it was all over, my first thought was, that's what songs are written about. I had never experienced that. That feeling of connection, of sexuality, of any of that. And I went, well, there's no doubt now. <laughs> and did the body numbing stop? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I've never had a problem. They never knew what it was. It went away. Yeah. Yeah. And so after that, it was like, I, I time to move forward. I can't move forward. So yeah. let's talk about how did you then end up with such an amazing career 
And and by the way, that whole experience also affected me because uh, you can see we're in my office and the book on my wall mm-hmm. uh, for Simon and Schuster. Nineteen four years after that, yeah. I wrote the Homo Handbook. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a how-to person. That's I'm right. You need, people need to know this. Yeah. So what happened to? How did this then launch into such a huge career? Did you start including these experiences in your stand yeah, material? Because when I first started stand-up, I was a married woman. I had, was I talked about being married. Talked about my kids. Blah, 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 you know that whole thing, and it was good. And I started, you know, oh, we want you to show. You know, we want you to feature at this club and then the club owners would and and I started going all over in the clubs right so then I get a divorce I'm in the process of all that well my act and anybody that knows me and have seen has seen me my act is my life it always was and I'm and basically when people say what's your act like I go I'm a storyteller I will tell you a story I'll tell you something that happened to me and so now I'm not married right so now I put in I'm I'm single, right? So I'm now I'm single and I'm dating and I have kids, yada, yada, yada. Well, I, so that, that was my act. But you for, didn't say, and I'm dating women. No, not yet. Not yet. So there was a lovely little club in Houston that was, it was a gay, it was a lesbian bar. And every Thursday night, Nancy, uh, what was her name? Nancy. Anyway, she had an open mic and I would go there to the open mic to work on gay material because I, it was new. I mean, this was a whole new life, and I was dating a woman. And so now I'm starting to add in this gay stuff and coming out to my kids and being a gay mom and doing... Do you remember any of your first jokes at this time? I do, because it wasn't even jokes. It was really what happened. I said, and what in that time frame, what I would do is I would... My act was about, it's hard being a woman. And then I would turn to the men. I'm not saying it's not hard to be a man. I, I got that, but I'm not. I'm a, I'm a woman and it's hard. And then once men know that you're not going to bash them, I'm not, I, I, no, it's like, it's hard. And I would talk about it's hard being, you know, having kids and it's hard uh, being a woman or whatever. And then I go, and then, you know, on top of all of that. So now I've got the audiences with me, you know, mm-hmm. men and women and straight, you know, Republicans. And um, I'm going, and on top of that, I'm a lesbian. And the audience would go dead silent. But it was not bad silence. You as a comic know that there's a difference. There's silence, and then there's dead silence, which means every person in that room is waiting for your next word. They're not moving. (laughs) It's like the biggest power rush I've ever felt in my life. And then I would go, and what would, what would I say? Yeah, I'm a lesbian. I know. I don't know how I got into it, but then I go, you know, and it's hard to be a lesbian and come out to your kids. That was part of it. Mm-hmm. And then I would say, but you know, uh, and I, you know, it's hard because you know you worry about your kids. They go to school with other kids, and kids can be cruel. So I told my kids, I said, if someone comes up to you at school and says, "Is your mom gay?" You look them square in the face and go, "Why? Does your mom want to date her?" And <laughs> My and I literally told my children that <laughs> when I came out to them, and well, so that was one of my and audience loved it, you know, huge and laugh, huge broke laugh. the tension, right? Created the tension. Mm-hmm. Wait for it, wait for it, wait mm-hmm. for it, and bam, bam. Okay, and then, um, but I'll, the story with that joke. This was the this was the epitome. I when I was deciding whether to be gay on stage, I could be gay at gay events, but on stage in rural 
Texas mm-hmm. uh, at comedy clubs. It was like, am I do I want to do that? And I had slowly become begun putting it in my act just to see how it played, and it was doing it was good. One night I was it was a second show Saturday night. And that's always the drunk ones, and I'm in the back with the comics. And I'm watching, and there's this big group of rednecks. I mean, they got the hats, they got the long neck beers, their arms are around their girlfriends' necks, and they're all coming in the club, yeah, you know, and just coming in and coming in. I'm going, oh my god, oh my god, I don't know, I don't know, I can do this tonight. But I watched where they went to sit because it was a big group of them, and I saw where they were, and I'm on stage. They're introducing me. I mean, off stage, they're introducing me. And I went, just do it, Vicky. Just do it. And I walked out on stage, and they're right there. I see them all, and I'm doing the act, and it's hard to be a lesbian. And, and on top of all that, I'm a lesbian. And then I did the joke about, and you know, you worry about your kids. And I said, so I told my kids, and this is exactly what happened. I said, I told my kids, if someone comes up to you at school and says, is your mom gay? One of those redneck guys screamed out, what the hell difference does it make? The audience erupted in applause. And uh, I'm like, I guess I got my answer. I, you know, and, and the thing I learned from that experience was I bigoted myself to them when they came in the club. I went, it's a bunch of redneck bigots. Did you say that on stage? Did what? you say that? No, no I didn't. didn't. The audience was too, too into the into the moment. Into the moment. That was amazing. And I put it out there. It was like, should I do this? <laughs> Just do it, Vicky. You know, th- there's such a lesson to be learned in that this which which I am learning over and over and over in my life and mm-hmm. my career. And it, it used to be that you needed everybody to love you. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case anymore. The case now is that when you are truly your authentic self, mm-hmm. and even if 75% of the room hate you, 25% will be your ferocious fans. Yes. And they will follow you, mm-hmm. and they will come to see you, and, and they will be your rabid fans. Right. And so it's not about making everybody love you. It's, no. we, we all have to let go of that. Oh, yeah. And it's really about being who you are. Right. Telling your truth. Telling your truth and having the craft and funny to tell it because there's right. so many people who just tell their truth and you just want to stick a you know, <laughs> needle in your eye. So let's talk about, let's mm-hmm. end this by talking about how do you make a living now um, being a, a comic and you, do you mostly work for gay events? And is mostly. That, how does that work? I love doing straight events. It just doesn't happen that often. Um, I know Sus- Suzanne Westenhofer uh-huh. started her career just being a lesbian right. uh, at comedy clubs, heterosexual right. comedy clubs, and she was very proactive about that. Mm-hmm. But now I think she and you mm-hmm. work mostly um, in, in the gay arena. Mm-hmm. What What is that, and how does that work? Um, it, well, and I think what it with me, and, and probably Suzanne too, is... Um, you know, you're, you just say, you just, when I'm telling my truth and when I am doing my, my work, my, my craft, it's, like I said, you have to be truthful and know that 
what I'm saying is funny, I hope, but it's also, I know for a fact, affects so many people in positive ways that I can't not do it. I can't tell you over the years how many people have gone, you have, you changed my life because I saw, well, one, a lot of women would go, for the first time in my life, I saw a feminine lesbian, you know? And I was afraid I, I couldn't be a lesbian because I was feminine. And I'm like, no, you can't. Yeah, it's good. It's a good thing. And or just coming out or coming out to their children. So many men and women have come up to me and go, you gave me courage to come out to my kids. And, and, and everything's great. I said, yeah, kids are great. And they are resilient. And my children, now they're adults, are all uh, gay and lesbian advocates. And my daughter marches in the L.A. Gay Pride Parade. And my son and his wife go to the San Diego Gay Pride Parade. And they're adamant um, people that are, you know, voices for as straight allies. And I'm so proud of them. And they've all always of, been that always way. Always Even as way. children. Even as right? children, yes. Yes. Matter of fact, three of my best stories when that were younger, but this is all true. You know, I worried about how do they come out to their friends as their mom's a lesbian? Well, I just waited, you know, that they'll do it on their own time. I was, and I told them when I came out to them, I said, I'm not going to go up to your friends and go, hi, I'm Matt's gay mom, you know? <laughs> that's not going to happen. If you want to tell somebody, that's perfectly fine. I'm not ashamed of anything. But I'm not going to do it. And you don't have to tell anybody. So that gave them the freedom to on their own time. Well, Haley, the youngest, at the time she was seven or eight, she came home from school. She goes, Mom, I told my friends. I said, oh, wow. So you told your friends? Yes, I told my friends. I said, well, how did you do it? She goes, well, it was recess. And I got all my friends. And I got Ashley and Tiffany and Brandy. And we got all together. And I said, I have something to tell you. And they said, what? They went, she goes, my mom's gay. And they went, your mom's gay? And she goes, yes, my mom's gay. And they went, your mom's gay? And she goes, yes, my mom's gay. And I said, so then what happened? She goes, well, then they said, well, does she? You know. And I went, what, Haley? She goes, you know sex. And I said, Haley, I don't care if your parents are straight or gay, but thinking about your parents having sex, that's disgusting. And she <laughs> <laughs> And she goes, that's what I thought. So I told him no. <laughs> Truth is always so great. Well, we always end this podcast, okay. first of all, with, um, with well, so I just, oh, we, we never really just finished. Oh, yeah, we before, did. But, but, we're, we're, but, but, we're but as far as, as um, performing and mm -hmm. making a living, yeah. what, is, what is, just give me a really brief what it looks like making a living um, you know, you you play just cities and concerts, mm -hmm. and it's just like and you. It's, it's like an it's hour of, of me, of you, right. right? And then yeah, and then I just I put it out there, and next thing I know, somebody calls. We'd like for you to come to this event, okay? And we want you to do this, okay? And can you perform here? Yep, you know, and you just <laughs> and then someone from that has something else there. and yep. something mm -hmm. else, and then right. there's also an entire cruise line called Olivia Cruises mm -hmm. and I know you you've traveled throughout the world yes right yes um, um, mm -hmm. and 
how great and is they're that? wonderful and you know if you're a lesbian or even straight women come on it too they don't get off but they, <laughs> they <laughs> that's not true um yes and it's wonderful if you've never done it lesbian i just women. got that okay <laughs> just got, it, takes, it takes me a second so usually at the end of this po- podcast mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. really give like a little encouragement or an exercise or something that the people listening can do and I feel like the purpose of this is is to really find what is are you hiding Mm -hmm. what do you feel ashamed of Um, what do you feel that if people really knew the truth about you Mm -hmm. um, they might not like you right and so what do how do they find that thing and how how do they um you know work that i think if you're talking about that person whoever's listening to this and is trying to figure that out you 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 have to do it you have to go soul searching you have to go what is it that's holding me back what is it that's and it may not be obvious right away but you you do know what it is i mean you can't not know what it is. You're just not accepting it or you're afraid of it or you're hesitant about it. Once you go, this this is what I'm afraid of. This is what I'm hesitant about. This is what I don't like about myself. This is what I'm ashamed it's of. Always, I always believe that comedy is the bad news about yourself. Because I used to always hear people go, well, I can't get it done. I'm procrastinating. I'm just pro-. Well, that do material about procrastinating. Right. It's like whatever is stopping you mm-hmm. is your material. Is your material. And also, anything that's causing you pain is your material. You know, uh, who was it? 100%. Milton Berle said, was it Milton Berle said, comedy is tragedy with timing. That has been, that has been attributed to Carol Burnett. Oh, I'll, <laughs> so ever, I don't even know who I said it. I think I said it. You might have said it. You did it. But, but, but you're so right. It's, it's, it's not the, f- you, if you're going to want to do stand-up comedy or write comedy material, it's not the funny things in life oh, no. that make the best material. Uh-uh. It's the stuff it's that the pain. hurts. It's the pain. Always. And always when I'm in my most painful moments, I may be in the pain and I can't get out of it in the right away because it has to do its thing. But as I'm in that pain, the one thought that comes to my head is this is going to be funny one day. Not today, but one day. And it eventually does. And it eventually is. Find that pain mm-hmm. and transform it. If you would like to learn more about turning your purpose into a career, go to themessageofyou.com where I'll give you free access to my online course. Click the button in the top banner when you get there. If you'd like to learn more about what I'm doing, then go to judycarter.com. Thanks for listening, and let's find your message and launch your career.